Welcome to the Doomsday Bunker Podcast. Your weekly program will be discussing topics such as conspiracy theories, movie theories, and disaster situations. So make sure you're secure in your bunker, and let's start the show. Welcome to the Doomsday Bunker Podcast. My name is Joseph, and I am the host of this podcast. Each and every week, we discuss topics such as conspiracy theories, movie theories, and disaster situations. But before the episode begins, please, if you haven't already, give the podcast a follow on whatever platform you're listening to. And if you feel inclined to, give it a five-star review. And make sure you tell your friends and family... All about the podcast, and this week's episode is about part two of the Project Almanac. But without further ado, let's start the episode. Really quickly, before we jump into this episode, I just wanted to mention a few things. One being that this episode might be a little bit shorter than most, just because I wanted to wrap up the Project Almanac. I didn't really want to start a new topic right in the middle of the episode and then have another part two or part three. So we're just going to wrap this one up, and then when we're done talking about this one... Also, with the holiday coming up, we will be taking off this next week, but I will have another episode for you the following week after the 4th of July. I hope you guys have a great holiday, and for real this time, let's start the episode. So where we left off in the last episode, Adam was in a very critical condition in the hospital, and Quinn and David were fighting over trying to see who's right and what the plan should be to go back in time and to fix all of this. And as we continue on with the story, David decides to go back by himself, and when he goes down to his basement to go back in time and fix everything, Jessica happens to run in at the last minute, and she finds David down there and tries to ask him what he's doing and that he needs to stop going back in time because it's just a big problem, it's just creating more problems, and David can't really stop the machine at this point, so they both end up going back in time, back to the day of when they first hooked up her car battery to the machine before they ever jumped by themselves. And this is where, unfortunately, David and Jessica kind of start to fall apart because once they end up going back in time, when they get up from the, like I said, the impact that happens whenever they time travel, they end up usually on the ground. When they get back up, she starts questioning David about how many times he's gone back and how many times he's tried to change things in their relationship so that they can work. And she starts to not trust him and trust that he's actually being genuine. And said he just keeps trying things and going back in time. And she feels really hurt by that. And so they're arguing and David says that he can't deal with it right now. He's got to go fix something. And so when they go up into the driveway, Jessica's still yelling at him. They're still trying to have a conversation or at least she's still trying to have a conversation. David's trying to do something else. And when they get up to the driveway, he sees the car, but he also hears people. So he quickly tells Jessica that she needs to be quiet and she needs to get out of the way and back into the basement because otherwise she's going to come in contact with herself. And then suddenly it's too late. The real Jessica from that time period comes around the corner and you start to see that double phrasing again where she says, David, it's me over and over again. Both Jessica's end up start saying it. But the Jessica from his time starts to do that glitching thing I talked about in the last episode. And then finally, instantly, she's gone. She just vanishes. He doesn't know what happened. But it's a result of that meeting yourself in a different timeline or a different time period. 
because again, you're not supposed to meet yourself. But as he's worried about her, he doesn't have much time to try and figure out what happened. He just goes to try and change back time. And when he gets back to his time, he sees that Adam's okay. Things seem relatively normal, except Jessica's not back in the timeline. Because like I said, when she met herself, both versions, both the past and the present of which David was from, had vanished. And so now the only problem David has to face is the fact that the cops are looking for him because his friends told the cops that he was the last one to be seen with Jessica, and now obviously Jessica is gone. So they think that either he kidnapped her and hid her away somewhere, or he murdered her. So they're on a big chase to try and track him down and find him, and David quickly tries to packs up everything he can. There's a big chase, and he starts to head towards the school because he's gone back far enough to where he needs to get hydrogen for the machine. The other guys don't know about the machine yet. Again, Jessica's gone, so she wouldn't have known about it. And the other three don't know about it yet because he's gone back so far. And so he gets into the school. He tries to get hydrogen while the cops are chasing him. Finally, he breaks into the science lab where they got the hydrogen to begin with. And he starts to try and pack it together and put it in his bag to try and get somewhere safe. Obviously, they're right outside the door and trying to break in so he doesn't have much time. So he starts using the hydrogen right there in the machine, trying to get it to go back far enough to where he feels like he can be able to fix it. And eventually, they end up breaking in. They draw their guns. He tells them to hold on, wait, and the machine goes off. And just as they're about to fire, he's gone. He blinks. He's gone. He's gone back in time as far back as he feels like he needs to go. And this is kind of where the movie almost wraps full circle because this is where there's blood on his shirt. He ends up at his seventh birthday party. Like you see at the beginning of the movie, you see the exact shot of him standing in the mirror. And this is where the movie kind of pieces together because it's the exact same shot that they saw from the camcorder of his seventh birthday where they see the mystery man ends up finding out that it's him. And this is where it kind of picks up from the camcorder where you don't really see what happens next then you see him walk down into the basement as he's trying to find the box under the panel where the time machine is where they found it the first time and as he's rummaging around down there upstairs he hears his dad say that he needs to go and he ends up coming down to the basement and then there's a small moment where it's kind of a feel-good moment where he meets his dad since he never really got to remember or meet his dad because he was seven when he passed away. They embrace in a hug. He ends up seeing that he found the time machine and he starts to piece together that obviously he has made it work because he come back to this time period. And then David tells him that a lot of bad stuff has happened and he needs to get rid of it in order to stop everything from happening. And he says that he understands and the dad leaves like he's supposed to. Again, it's presumed that since he left, he dies because, again, David can't afford to keep messing up the past to where by the time he gets back to where he came from, his timeline will be so messed up or some will have changed to where either one, some bad could have happened to him or two, he just wouldn't recognize the era in which he was in because he's changed so much. So he tells his dad that he needs to go. They embrace one last time. He leaves never to be seen again. And this is the ending of the movie where we'll kind of dive into what could the meaning be because you see David 
sitting on the bench. He lights a fire in a trash can. He puts the time machine in there. And then that's when the camera starts to like glitch out a little bit. Like it'll cut out and it'll come back. You'll see him standing there watching it. It'll cut out. You'll see him trying to put the fire out. And then suddenly the camcorder just blanks. And it starts back over to where David is searching in the attic to look for experiments that he could use to get into MIT. And they find the camcorder again, but they find two camcorders this time. And one of which, when they turn on one of them, it is playing exactly what they've already said. It plays the part where they say, oh, what's this? It must have been dad's old camcorder. And that's where it kind of feels like it's in a time loop because again, he destroyed the time machine. And so that means they'll never find it, which means he'll never have the chance to go back in time and do all this stuff. But yet it's not necessarily clear whether David remembers what happened, whether David stayed in the current time era and just progressed forward as time went forward, or if he was transported back to his time and things were the same before he found the time machine. That's the kind of ending that we're going to be talking about in just a minute. But after that, they end up going back to school. And this is the scene at the beginning of the movie that we talked about at the beginning where David is sitting at the table and he realizes that his backpack got mixed up and he grabs the backpack and walks over to Jessica, who is now back in the timeline. We're not exactly sure how she got back there, but by destroying the time machine, obviously that fixed the time rift because he could never go back in time and stop any of this from happening. He just destroyed it, which means he never found it in the first place. And so when he goes up to her, he tells her, this might be weird, but you're about to ask me, can I communicate with you through telekinesis? And that's where you start to wonder, again, if David knew everything that happened in the past with the time machine and everything that could happen with the time machine, but he's stuck in the present because there is no time machine anymore. And that's the end of the movie of Project Almanac. But I have two different options of ways I have interpreted the ending that I wanted to bring up to you guys because I thought it'd be interesting. And then you guys can maybe kind of figure out on your own what you want to believe. Because again, it's one of those open-ended movies where you'll never actually know what the ending is supposed to be. So the first option that I have is the one that I've had when I've watched the movie the first and second time around is that when David went back in time to destroy the time machine, he went off either into hiding or something and waited until the other David was old enough and maybe killed him or he just never emerged. And you have one David that remembers everything that happened in the past, everything that could happen in the future. He's got all of his memories from jumping back and forth and the stuff that Jessica told him, stuff that Quinn told him. And he's just remained in the present time from when he went back the first time to destroy the time machine. And he's just moving along in progression with the rest of time, but he can't tell anybody be that he already knows what's going to happen, or he can't let anybody know that there was once a time machine, or that he's from the future and he's just living out the rest of his life from the point he destroyed the time machine, because one, no one would believe him, everybody would think he was crazy, or two, if someone actually did believe him, that could cause them to either feel like they themselves are going crazy, or try and recreate what had happened, which would also lead to a variation in the timeline. Because again, 
if you read some time travel books or see some time travel movies, if you come back in time and choose to live your life as time progresses from the point you came back, you can't let anybody know the future because if you do that, then you could create alternate time rifts or you could just change the course of history altogether. In which case, since they didn't have the time machine anymore, if he were to do that and bad things happened like they did when he jumped by himself, he wouldn't be able to change that. He would just have to live with what had happened. So that's what I thought the ending was the first two times I watched it. The third time I watched it, which I recently watched for this podcast, was when they opened up the camcorder and they saw a recording of what they just said. Maybe the recording continued playing and showing everything that happened in the future or in the past. It pretty much showed the timeline in which they had the time machine and all the stuff they did between going back to Lollapalooza, getting together with Jessica, the plane crashing and killing a bunch of people, the basketball team not winning, David going back in time, Adam getting caught in another time rift and getting severely hurt and put into the hospital. Maybe they saw all that and they watched an alternate timeline pretty much of their lives and realized that one, it's a good thing they don't have the time machine anymore because if they did, they could do to repeat history. Secondly, they wouldn't want to do that because they're looking at all of the stuff that happened. And yeah, some of the stuff that happened was fun, but also was very dangerous. As you saw, people died, natural disasters that didn't happen before happened. And so maybe they're using it as a precautionary tale and all five of them watch it and learn and realize they should never mess with time. And so the other ending I'm proposing here is that that timeline where they jumped around still exists on that film. But when David went back in time and destroyed the time machine, a new line of the timeline was made. But the old one still existed with that tape so that they could watch and learn from what had happened through their time travel journeys. And even maybe use some of that to not necessarily change the timeline that they're in for their lives to be better, but maybe kind of base it off of that so that they could maybe make the right choices or if they're ever feeling like, oh, this choice or that choice, they can kind of dictate their choice making by what they saw in the film, maybe trying to make their lives better without changing too much or without knowing too much where the timeline would change to where no matter what decision they made, a different outcome that they've never seen before is going to happen, which again leads to that tragedy. Another theory I wanted to propose about the movie, not the ending per se, but mostly about his dad, where he had to go, and what led to his death, and if it had anything to do with the time machine, because in the movie it says that he works for the government. So if he got a phone call saying that he needed to go somewhere, and it was a call from his boss or from the government, and he had to go. It could have just been a car accident that happened that ended up killing him. But let's take this a little bit further. Like I said, this is conspiracy theories and movie theories. So not only are we trying to figure out what the ending of the movie could be, we're also thinking about possible theories that have been left open throughout the story. And so with his dad, maybe they didn't know that he made the time machine, or they did know through surveillance that he didn't know about 
that he made this time machine and the government wanted it for themselves. So on his way to wherever he had to go, maybe his car was rigged up to have an accident where he ended up dying. Or by the time he got to wherever he needed to go, a government base or whatever, they tried to ask him about the time machine or to tell him to bring it. And he wouldn't because he didn't want to let that power fall into somebody else's hand. And so they ended up killing him to try and cover up the fact that one, if he had the time machine, obviously nobody else would be able to find it nor would the government, so if they just killed him and acted like it was a car accident or some kind of accident, no one would be able to find this secret government work that he'd been working on. Plus, he would be able to take care of the only person that would know how to use it in his own benefit against the government or against humanity in general. That's one idea I had. Or, like I said, another theory that I wanted to propose about his dad was, then this was brought up to me by another person, if his dad created the time machine, wouldn't you think that he would test it or he would be trying to test it? And either one, he couldn't, or two, if he could get it to work and finally able to get all the pieces together and make it work, would he have gone in the future to see that he is not present in the future? So obviously something happened to him and that he would want to change that or maybe go into the past and maybe that's the problem that happened. Maybe he went back into the past change something that he didn't do before, change the timeline so that he still made the time machine, but this time he dies in the current timeline so he couldn't help his son learn how to use the time machine or even worse, use it for himself to figure out his fate and maybe save himself so that he can still be with his family and help his kid get into MIT and stuff, which he would learn as he'd survive throughout this accident that happened. And like I said, this was a theory that was proposed to me by someone that was close to me that I really thought was interesting because, again, they leave it kind of open-ended. All they do is tell you that he died. Well, he died. That's the one thing we do know. Other things we don't know is what was he working on, what purpose was the time machine for, and would he have ever told anybody or his family about this time machine that he made or was he trying to keep it hidden away from everybody so people didn't, one, try to reduplicate it and make other time machines that either could have killed a bunch of people because it failed or send people back in time and then they get stuck because they didn't build it right? Or he himself tried to hide it so that no harm would come to his family by the government or any kind of secret service that was trying to get their hands on the time machine. And one last thing I wanted to put out there because I thought it was very interesting was I was reading online about this movie and someone had posted on there their idea of what the ending and what further could have been for the movie or for the characters after the movie ended. And that is David might not have actually gotten rid of the time machine. You see him set the fire in the trash can. You see him throw it in there, but that's when the camera cuts off and it goes back to the beginning of the movie. But like I said, maybe he put out the fire. Maybe he was able to take the time machine out save it, and then just continue to live his life in the current timeline that he went back to. And then that way, one, he could tell his friends that he knew how to make sure that their lives could turn out the way they wanted it to. Plus, if he kept the time machine, that means he wouldn't have to go back to his time, which means he would know how to get Jessica. He would know how to maybe go to Lollapalooza or change the timeline, but also remember all the things that have to happen in order for people to not get hurt, not die, or not any catastrophes to happen. 
And so he kept the time machine so he wouldn't be sent back. And he's just living what would be a complete ruse and taking his friends on this long journey that he knows eventually he'll only know to a certain point. But up until that point, he knows where it's going and he's kind of driving these people's lives. And I thought that was interesting for two reasons, because one, like I said, he didn't you don't actually see the time machine being destroyed fully. It cuts off. Secondly, I still have a problem trying to think of how he would know that Jessica was going to ask him if he was trying to communicate with her through telepathy because he was too afraid to talk to her. If the timeline had been reset, if the time machine was destroyed and he was sent back to his time and David, the young David, just grew up into himself without the time machine, there would be no way of knowing what Jessica was going to say unless that kind of situation had happened where he stayed in that timeline without destroying the time machine and so he knew what was going to happen but one final thing before we wrap up the episode like i said it was going to be a shorter one but i also said at the end of the last episode we're going to go over some kind of do's and don'ts if we ever do have time travel maybe someone hears this podcast and they take my opinion into consideration but like i said don't Ever come in contact with yourself from the past or the future because again as you see throughout this movie and other movies if you come in contact with yourself it just rips the timeline or rips some kind of riff in the timeline to where either you might not exist anymore or it could cause severe damage or severe changes to your life and what other people are living at the time secondly you probably don't want to go back and change history too much like I said, it's a great idea to be like, I want to go back in time and I want to kill Hitler before he can do anything. That might be able to save all of those lives that he took, but then something else could happen to take even more lives or the same amount of lives. So in theory, it works that you'd want to go back in time and change history. But in the long haul, it, I don't really think that that would be plausible or a good thing to do. Because like I said, butterfly effect. You don't want to touch anything or change anything too much. One of the do's that I think you could do with time travel is you could go into the future and kind of see what the future looks like. So then maybe when you get back to your time, you could take proactive measurements to make sure that whatever bad thing that may have happened to you or somebody in the future, maybe you can take the measurements to stop that from happening. Again, I know it kind of contradicts the last one about not changing too much. But if you change it from your current time and you kind of know what's going to happen and you try and change it, yeah, that might just mean that you die in a different way, but at least maybe it'll help. And I don't feel like the butterfly effect will happen too much if you're in your own present time versus going back in time and changing something that happened before you were born or going to the future and end up getting killed and not being able to come back to your time currently that you're in. And lastly, and this is just a fun one, do wear a helmet and pads. Watching this movie and watching a few other movies, every time you watch time travel happen and the character comes back in time or goes forward, it always looks like it hurts really, really bad. So make sure you got your protective wear. Like they say, if you're riding a bike, you always need a helmet. If you're going back in time, make sure you got the proper gear, helmet, knee pads, maybe some elbow pads. So then that way you're not scraped up and looking like some disaster that has just happened or a freak that just got into a bad accident, no one's going to believe you, or you're not going to be able to get done what you want to get done in the past without being detected if you look like you just got into a car wreck. 
But that was Project Almanac. Thank you so much for listening. Like I said, I'm really sorry that this is a little bit shorter episode. Not by much, but just by a little bit. And also, like I said, we will not be having an episode on Thursday, July 7th, just because I want to take the holiday week to kind of recharge and come back with a great episode for you guys on the 14th of July. So I hope you liked the episode. Please, if you did, give it a like, give it a follow, give it a five-star review, give it anything you can on whatever platform you're listening to. Share it with your friends, share it with your family, and I hope you guys have a great holiday season. Stay safe, and until next time, have a wonderful day. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. If you like what you heard, come back next week for another episode as we post a new episode every Thursday. Every Thursday. Until then, stay safe, and we'll see you next time.